Welcome back, welcome back. This is Big Talk with Chris and Greg. This is Chris. This is Greg. Cinderella. All right, man. Love them. Not the movie. <laughs> Not on Disney Plus? The band Cinderella. That was good. One of the, the, one of the forgotten greats, underrated bands from the 80s. Late 80s, early yeah. 90s. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely underrated. You know, dude, I can barely hear you. Okay, check one, check two. Yeah. All right. I'll turn you up a little bit. There we go. Sounds good. Um, let's go ahead and uh, before we start that, let's get business out of the way. Big Talk CG dot podcast on Instagram. Big Talk CG at gmail dot com. At Big Talk CG on Twitter. Connect with us, guys. We'd love to hear from you. Everybody that's you know from all over the world, all over the United States, coast to coast, sea to shining sea. Right, that's it, man. Seas that aren't so shining. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. Just want to hear from you guys. Love to connect with our nation. Love to hear from you guys so we can you know bond over the things that we that we all enjoy. Rock, yeah. wrestling, beer, food, family life. I don't know. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Hey. Let's, uh, before we break into our, uh, topic of this episode, episode 29, 29, 29, Jesus Christ, it's awesome. pinching myself again, dude. Can't yeah. believe it. Well, we, we've been talking for 20 years, dude. We're finally, you know, getting down to listening to what we talk about. I know. <laughs> um, before we get into our topic of this episode, which is where we're going to go over Cinderella's first three albums. Got it. We're going to talk about WrestleMania 38 that just went by. We're going to do a quick little review, talk about the matches a little bit, and then we'll get right into it. Sounds good. So it was two nights on the, uh, was it the second? Yeah, the second and third of April. Uh, yes. Second what, third it, what it, uh, AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, 77,899 attendance the first night, 78,453 the second, so it's... How do they shove more uh, people in? I don't know, dude. The next night. 156,000 total. Okay. Let's just go through these matches. Um, just give our quick thoughts. We don't want to need to spend forever. All right. Night one. The Usos defeated Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. I think Rick Boogs got really injured on that he one. He did. Yeah, so. Yeah, they were talking about that. It was it's bad. That may have, you know. He was trying to lift both guys up at the same time his knee blew out. Mm. But uh, it, that match really, it didn't do anything for me. It yeah. was a really weak opener. Okay. I was hoping for more. Any thoughts? Same thing. Weak opener. Okay. Nothing crazy. Match two. Drew McIntyre defeated Happy Corbin uh, by pinfall. We were uh, looking forward to this match. It was It was all right. It was all right. Good. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. I, you know, I'll be honest with you, dude. Most of these matches were, eh, it was good. There was, there was a couple in here that are going to be like, and a couple are like, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, either the match was memorable or it wasn't. If it's kind of you going over it and you're like, hey, that was cool, that was good. You know, and I mean, that's all you got to say. Is, I mean, you don't say, oh, man, he did this and they did that. And they've been wrestling for a while. We kind of know some moves. It's no. not, I mean, I think, th- I think this is the first time anybody's uh, kicked out of Corbin's yeah, end yeah. of days. Mm-hmm. So, in the memorable factor of that, I'll give that same. Yeah, I guess that one moment. Yeah. But uh, 
whatever. I was kind. Of, I was. I was disappointed in the match. I'll just say it. I was disappointed. I was hoping for more. But just kind of looking ahead at the next one, two, three, four, five, six, five matches. These were all I thought at least good, pretty good, dude. And I was actually surprised by this match. The Miz and Logan Paul beat Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. Right. Uh, Logan Paul um, surpassed what I thought he was going to wrestle. Mm-hmm. So he he impressed me. I was really impressed. And and good thing, I'm going to be, I think he carried the match because sure. the Miz is not one of them. I don't think he's a great in-ring performer. I think he's very hokey and slow motion at times. At the, very telepathic in the moves he's going to pull. It's just he's, you know, kind of like John Cena is. Okay. Um, and Rey Mysterio's lost a step, and Dominic, I don't think, is a good wrestler at all. I just okay. don't think he's a good wrestler. Um, so Logan Paul was the only bright spot in that whole match for me. I agree. And he definitely was uh, showed that, wow, huh, I was impressed. Yeah, I was really impressed, too. Delightfully so. Um, match four, Bianca Belair defeated Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. And uh, I'm going to be the first one to say it. I was pleasantly surprised at how this was a great match. Yes, this definitely. This was a great match. Up to this point of the of the night, it was the best match so far okay. of the night by far. Uh, it was great. Back and forth, back and forth. Great story. Um, you know, we, we talked about it before, you know, kind of the, the storyline for this match. But, man, both of these ladies uh, performed. They were both at the top of their game for sure. Yeah, excellent. Uh, good stuff, man. The, the Ladies, those two ladies um, knew how to wrestle, and also they brought that storyline, like I said, for a little while. It's been uh, kind of lingering at least past the last six months. They've been definitely working it to make sure that Bianca gets a shot again, and she actually held her, shot, held her own and, and fought very well, so I was very impressed, too, on that match. Uh, the next match was the return of Cody Rhodes from AEW. He defeated Seth freaking Rollins by pinfall. This was a really good match as well. This was a really, this was killer. Good wrestling match between them. I mean, a great ovation for Cody coming out. Um, you know, and thing they they were trying to play it like, who is it? Who is it going to be? But I think all people now knew who it was, and I was glad to see it. I mean, I was kind of, I don't know if I've ever talked about this, Chris, is, is that I'm kind of upset at Cody because he talked a lot of shit about WWE the last six years after he got let go six years ago, and he's back. Hey, you know what? Um, money, you know, turns, events. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's in control of his, some of his stuff, but we've known WWE not to let control of, you know, your careers too much. So Yeah, uh, I've heard, you know, two things. One, I this is one reason I hate the Internet is because you hear of everything before it happens. Back in the day, you didn't know. It would have been a total surprise. It would have been way better if we didn't hear anything about his return. Okay. But two, I've just uh, heard through the Internet in my brief little looking throughs that AEW is kind of like I've heard it described as almost like WCW used to be back in the day. Like the inmates are running the asylum and it's kind of just whatever. I mean, that's what I've been hearing. I don't know if you yes. read or... I, I, and he I, ma- I pronounce that flag, dude. I walk around with it going, this is WCW. This is WCW. And, and it's, it's kind of sad because they have a lot of good wrestlers. But, um, I mean, everybody talks smack about WWE, but it's run it's, it's run the right way. It's, hate it or love it, it's run the right way, and yeah. that's why they've been successful and around for so long. Definitely. All right, let's go to the next one. Well, and I also want to add, those are on the first night, those are by far... Those are the two best wrestlers on the okay. whole card for the yeah. first night. Yes. They performed. 
The next one, Charlotte Flair defeated Ronda Rousey for the WWE Women's SmackDown Championship. Smackdown was okay. Yeah, I was in. I I was surprised Ronda lost, and I was kind of happy about it too. So wait a second, you didn't you you said Charlotte was going to win. Okay, I mean, so you were, how are you disappointed? They'd be like, okay. the, wasn't it? We want to win, and who's going okay. to win? Okay, I forgot who picked some of these matches, but. We'll okay. debate it another day. Yeah. And then um, number seven, Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated Kevin Owens. You knew this was going to happen. Uh, it was in Texas. You know, you got to have the Texas rattlesnake there. Um, honestly, I was kind of like, hmm. I, I just, I don't know. I, well, it, I knew they were, were, were going to wrestle. They're not announced, they didn't announce it as a wrestling mm-hmm. match, but I knew they'd end up wrestling for a little bit, and they did. This, I think they wrestled five or six minutes. You know, 13 as a, minutes and 55 seconds. Okay, cool. 13 minutes. Hey, so I was watching it, and I was watching it on Sunday because I had to work the night before. So when this match started, I did a little, you know, the pause play move mm-hmm. to see how much time was left. I go, dude, there's like 20 minutes left. They're going to wrestle a match. There's no doubt. Like, there was, so, you know. It, yeah. But, uh, man, Steve's getting old. He can still go a little bit, but he's, they're starting to look, a, they're starting to show their, their age yeah. a little bit. Um, Kevin Owens, we talked about Kevin Owens earlier today, definitely underused by the WWE. He's one of their top guys. Yeah, be. definitely top guy. I love him. Um, that was a no-holds-barred match. They went all out and onto the floor and yeah. everything like that. So it was all right. Some chairs, action, then drank like 15, <laughs> 20 beers or something. <laughs> yeah, I definitely lost the under that one. <laughs> I think when I first asked you, he said three. Yeah. <laughs> it, that's in his hand, right? Then we moved, hand? Yeah, then we moved it up to nine and a half, I think, was our over-under. Dude, he... <laughs> Yeah, I think the, I think the total was fourteen that I, that I heard nineteen yeah, talk dude, about. Don't go have fourteen beers out there. Let's, After he crushed them and then drank some foam and uh, come on, fourteen. Yeah, it was, Fun it, it, yeah, good promotion for him for his beer. All right, night two, uh, Sunday, April third. Let's run these through these uh, really quick. Got it. Uh, RK Bro defeated the Street Profits and Alpha Academy. I thought Street uh, Profits were going to win that. Um, the match was all right. It was all right. Yeah, good fun stuff. Um, there were some good high spots. Yes. Um, you know, yes, uh, I thought that Riddle's RK bro from the, the cop, then he catch a yeah. guy coming off the top rope mm-hmm. and, uh, that was pretty killer, dude. You know, you yeah. see good moves like that. I love it. Yeah. You see good moves at WrestleMania, like good top moves Yeah, on that kind of stuff. Yeah. I also noticed that the, WrestleMania is the only time where you see everybody kicking out of each other's finishers. <laughs> like in every match, I think someone kicked out of a finisher at least once. Uh, so that was, oh, and that was also for the Raw Tag Team titles. So it was a good match. It was all right. Uh, number two, Bobby Lashley uh, defeated almost by pinfall. This match was, it was this was throwaway. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't pay too much attention to it. Um, next match, Johnny Knoxville defeated Sami Zayn by pinfall in an anything goes match. I thought it was garbage. I thought it was fun, good fun, uh, eye on the prize stuff. I liked it because it's it's entertainment. Who won that match? Uh, Knoxville. Okay. Yeah. Um, then we got uh, the the eight woman tag team tag match, team match. Uh, for the uh, women's tag team championship. Sasha Banks and Naomi beat all these other ladies. What do you think of this one? Good, fun spots. I mean, I kind of knew that the the champs were going to lose their belt, you know, because uh, I think they wanted to move them in different directions and different stuff like that. But I liked it. I thought it was a good match between the girls. Number five, Edge defeated AJ Styles by pinfall. Um, I liked the match. I didn't like the ending. Yeah, I wasn't too built about the ending either. But um, I, I didn't like the ending of the match. But then showing what's going to be going forward was I was like, okay, 
This is all right. I um, I was waiting for Edge to do something different or new to his arsenal of wrestling moves, and I didn't see it. So mm-hmm. maybe it was me, but uh, you know how we talked about, oh, he's a, he's a heel again, so he's going to be he's going to do something different. Oh, he wasn't as nasty as I thought he was going to be. Yeah, there you go. That's a good word to say. It. Um, but anyways, uh, Damian Priest came out, distracted AJ Styles, Edge. Got the pin on him, and then it looks like Edge and Priest are going to join forces and yeah. run some rough shot. Got the old school, new school kind of thing going on. Correct. I remember you were saying you were disappointed that Damian Priest wasn't on the card. Yes. At least he got out there, So, but now he's going to run a program with Edge, so that yeah. could be, see what they can do. Um, the next match, Sheamus and Ridge Holland defeated the New Day um, by pinfall. Yeah, this, this, I did not, this was stupid. This was like a minute and 40 seconds long. Yeah, it was simple. I uh, didn't like it. Uh, Pat McAfee defeated Austin Theory by pinfall. Uh, Pat McAfee was okay. Uh, they won almost 10 minutes in their match. Austin Theory performed, you know, like he always does. But um, I was surprised uh, by Pat McAfee. I wasn't expecting, you know, for, you know, for it to be the match of the night. Uh, but it was it was not as bad as I thought People it were could expe- be. People were yeah saying it could be the match of the night. I think that both wrestlers did are uh, did very well. McAfee did great, and also um, Austin Theory. Yes, you know. And then I did like McMahon coming out and starting a little match after, but it was what it was. I mean, it's McMahon. I mean, See, he's, he's an older guy. This is he's where we're doing... gonna differ, dude. I didn't like that at all. Anything okay. with McMahon the whole night, I was just like upset to my stomach. It just I didn't like it. Was I didn't the, get it. What did it do? Supposed to, because he's the next. But but what did it do with him? So he comes out, right? Austin Theory loses to Pat McAfee. Then Austin, or excuse me, McMahon comes down, and he beats Pat McAfee in three minutes and 45 seconds. <laughs> so I don't know what that was supposed to do. Kind so of, Vince still has it? I guess. But he doesn't, which he showed later. Um, right. Then the um, was that the right? Uh, was that uh, then Stone Cold come out right after that? Yes, Stone Cold came out, um, kicked everyone's ass, drank beers, acted like he was gonna drink beers with everybody, started stunning everybody, gives a beer, McMahon or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then McMahon the, acts McMahon. like he falls over and can't get up, and then Stone Cold tries to give him the. It was just <laughs> gave him a weak. It was garbage. Stunner. Yeah, that was. And that's what I'm saying is that McMahon just never don't go in the ring anymore. Kind of kind of put a sour taste on it at the end. All right, last match of the night was Roman Reigns versus uh, Brock Lesnar for a unification match, the WWE Championship and the Universal Championship. Um, this match was okay uh, as far as the headlining event of the weekend. It did not live up to expectations in my eyes. Uh, what did you think? It seemed fast, but all the times they've wrestled always seemed fast anyways. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't expect anything craziness out of it. I, didn't, I knew one of them was going to win and one of them was going to lose. Uh, I wanted Roman. Roman won. Okay, I'm good. I'm happy. So what do you think they're going to do with Lesnar going forward? Is he, is, do you know? I don't know. Have you read anything or heard anything? No, I haven't read anything. Okay. Probably going on vacation. Um, so what did you think overall for this WrestleMania? How did you think it? Liked it good. Uh, I was happy with it. Happy with a lot more matches than I thought I was going to be. Yeah. Some matches when they announced it, I was kind of like, ah, whatever. But in the end, I enjoyed myself. So thumbs up for me. Yeah, it was all right. I enjoyed the food. I cooked better. <laughs> um, so that's our recap on WrestleMania 38. Let's get into it. All right, man. Let's get into this. Cinderella. Let's get into some Cinderella. 
Um, that first song you heard in our intro, that was Night Songs. Uh, nice. Uh, that was the first song of that? Yeah, Rockin' yeah. Song? Right off of their first album. Great debut album. Let's tell you a little bit about the band. They uh, formed in 83, suburb of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's Pennsylvania, sorry. Uh, the... <laughs> When you kind of read, when you kind of read, or you're talking about the beginning of the band, dude, there seems like there's so many moving parts, and there's so many members in and out in like the first, you know, when they were coming from like '83 to their releasing, even mm-hmm. after the release. I don't want to sit here and list all the names. Um, there was a lot of moving parts for this band. Dude, it was like people were on album covers, people weren't playing on the album, people were in videos. Yeah, and it was. Uh, but basically, you know, they had a lot of in and outs. They had uh, a couple guys, I guess we can mention, uh, uh, Shermick and uh, Destra, who were in the band briefly. They left in 85 to form Britney Fox. Uh, they were discovered by John Bon Jovi. I know that Gene Simmons wanted to sign them. At one point, at yeah. At one point, and they just didn't agree to whatever, or Polygram didn't want to sign them. John Bon Jovi got uh, Mercury to sign them. So. Yeah, he got his A&R guy on it, mm-hmm. took a listen. And the uh, history from that point, man. Um, their first album, Night Songs, released June 9th, 1986 on Mercury Records. Yeah. This is, a, this is a really good album. This is a strong debut album. Uh, Mercury released it worldwide. Vertigo, who does a lot of the, from that time, did a lot of the releases in the UK. Uh, I, I, this album is, is really good. I think it, 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 it holds up pretty well. What do you as, a, as a debut album, great. It started mm-hmm. off good. I mean, um, yeah, it, I think it gave more, like the the cover messed up more of what the guys really sounded like. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like big hair, spandex, makeup. Smoke and purple. And yeah, smoke and purple. And We're in an alley and we're tough. Exactly. So that kind of gave a different vibe from what they really had. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's a... It's a you know, heavy blues rock album. I liked it, man. There's mm-hmm, a lot of good mm-hmm. stuff on it. A lot of they, good. they definitely, in their next two albums, definitely brought out the blues a lot more, but you can kind of, you can still tell that blues influence album, this first one, a little more rock, but yes, I, I understand what you're saying because I know the album. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about these tracks. The first one we just heard was Night Songs. Yeah. Um, uh, that was the opening we heard at the beginning of the show. Do we want to play any more of that? What do you think? I would love to play more of the Night Songs, dude. Or we go straight to the second one, which is a good one. Hmm. Night Songs. Here we go. Play some Night Songs. Here we go. So Tom Kiefer is our lead singer. He's got that. I love his voice, dude. I love the the scratchy, the scratchy, gravelly. Just I love singer. it. Yeah, I All love right. it. All right, yeah, it's good. It goes well with his style, mm-hmm. with the bluesy style. I'll tell you that much. You know, um, on that one, I liked it. I like this song. I think it's a great song opener. Great opener for the um, for the album. So when you look at the album cover, it's got the four guys on there. Uh, uh, Fred Corey did not play on the album. I never, but he's I on. never knew that to yeah. do until I was doing my homework. And man. he is on the cover, so like he, and uh, he's in like all the videos, but he didn't even didn't even play. <laughs> so he, he uh, replaced the uh, drummer that played on the album. You all right? Yes. Okay. You know what you need? 
Yeah. You need one of these. What do we got today? We got some hams on there. Classic American lager. Classic, guys. This stuff used to be... So I'm from Olympia, Washington. They used to brew this stuff at the Olympia Brewery up there in Washington. I think technically the brewery's in Tumwater, but it's the Olympia Brewery. My family basically ran that place. Love it, dude. So they got kicked out? Yeah, you know how it goes. Drinking the beer? Um, I'm not sure where this stuff's brewed anymore. Probably Texas or something like that. Oh, I think it's... Oh, yeah, maybe it is that one. I'd have to look on the can. Because um, it's all PBR out here. In the- <laughs> it says brew, uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but who knows? Who knows? Let's try it. I already know what it tastes like. I already know I love it. I know, right? <clears throat> Woo! Good stuff. All right, now we're ready to get into it. <laughs> All right, the next song <clears throat> is called Shake Me. What do you think of this one? Oh, I love it. Love a good single, man. So this, this is a good one. This is a good fun one. Yeah, you know what? We didn't, we didn't even go over like their charting stats. Like, you know, factoids. These are factoids, Greg. You don't have to argue yeah. them. Like the can, bon we, can, we go over, can we go over the next first three or four songs and then go do factoids? Okay, 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 okay. So Shake Me, track two. Yes. You want to talk about it? Yeah. Uh, great rock song, man. Goes mm-hmm. on there. Uh, fun. Yeah. You know, when, you, when you're in the arena, I mean, when, you, when you're singing a song and it's kind of like telling people what to do, you know, shake me, rock me, do me something like that. I mean, it gets everybody excited. Yeah, definitely one of those sexual innuendo songs. You yeah. know, he's singing about a girl. Uh, she's saying to shake me and all, you know, just that's a lot of the songs from this era. The innuendos are all over the place. Correct. And, and, and you just, yeah, you love them. All night, shake yeah. me all night. Shake love it, don't it. break me. Shake it, don't break. All right. You know, I love his voice, dude. I'm just gonna say it again. I don't know. I'm probably gonna say it like 20 times, but yeah, you love his voice so much, man. He had to have vocal surgery. Oh, actually, did. he didn't have vocal surgery. He just had. He learned how to use his vocals differently. I read that he did have surgery. He did. Okay. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, we can look it up later when I have time. Right now, we're talking about the music because right. the music is amazing. Next song. Now, this was their huge. This is the one that really kind of um, put them on the map all okay. over MTV, and they were. They may have been just about in John in Bon Jovi rotation, <laughs> you know, every, yeah, every definitely. hour okay, kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah, the definitely. Bon Jovi rotation. We're gonna re- let's re- we're gonna refer to it as the Bon Jovi rotation when you're on every hour, because <laughs> that's what Bon Jovi was. Um, nobody's fool that it will look like it was shot at the photo shoot of the album cover. Cause it's there. It looks like the same kind of thing. And they're on like the sound studio and, you know, Tom singing and it's got, you know, the, it's, it's definitely a slow fun build. Yeah, It's a slow fun build. Um, great song. And this is the one that, that really put them on, on the top. I'm going to say, let's play some, let's definitely play right. some. I'm not your fool. No. <clears throat> It's like a, it's not, it's a mid-tempo. Yes. (laughs) 
See, now right off the bat, you can tell like a lot of these bands from this era, their courses are all made for, they're all made for the crowd to sing with them and put their hands in the air and, you know, sing it together with the band. Correct, but that's that's what the producers set up to do, right? And that's, that's what they pay them for. So, yeah, definitely well produced on this. Okay. Yeah, the, and the producer for this album, you know, we can talk about him a little bit later. He he did a lot of producing and engineering for a lot of bands from the 70s, Zeppelin, Rolling Stone, stuff like that. There's That sound kind of comes out in some of their stuff. All right, cool, Especially man. on the uh, next album or two. Okay. For sure. That's good. Number four, Nothing for Nothing. nothing Same thing. For no, nothing. Not really a big hit, but a good song. No. I, I, was, I was definitely, you know, still humming this every once in a while. Yeah. Nothing for nothing. Yeah, yeah I, like I like this it. one, dude. A little more fast tempo. Mm-hmm. I would use this as a deep cut. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. It wasn't a release, but it's definitely... This is one of the songs on here that I really like. And, you know, they didn't really... Um, I don't feel as though this band was known for their, like, guitar chops. Like, they weren't shredding solos, like... Yeah. Richie Sambora or Eddie Van Halen or, you know, and enter here, name. Yeah. George Lynch, you know, whatever. They were. Warren you know, D. Martini. Warren D. Martini. Jakey Lee. Jakey Lee. <laughs> uh, name any of those guys. They were, you know, the, I thought they had relatively strong songwriting, uh, relatively strong as a band together. Their sound was rich and full. Uh, and I definitely think that his vocals were this were part of this their sound their standout of their sound now, now right now we talked about that so all these songs were pretty much done tom denham beforehand right so he had other players write or, or record them and then these guys i think jeff came in on that time but you were saying the uh, the drummer uh, he came in at the last second and just kind of mm-hmm. started. So he had to learn and learn how to gel with the guys, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's from. Hey, oh, oh shit, we have this recorded. We're throwing you in here. You're on the album cover now. You're out on tour with us. Yeah, there you go. You better learn how to play. They fit right in. He did right in. actually. And did. all these songs were written by Tom Kiefer, the lead yeah. singer, guitar player. He played some lead guitar, some uh, rhythm guitar, but. He's pretty much the backbone of the band. He's uh, done most of the songwriting. Uh, Last song on side one, number five, is Once Around the Ride. Eh, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Um, This is kind of a song just about, like, you're only on this, you're only here once. You only go around this ride one time, so make the most of it. Exactly. Kind of a situation, and... it's it's it like I said it's okay it's not a most memorable track but uh, you know they can't all be night songs <laughs> here we go It's a rocket song, dude. Yeah. Rocket song. 
Right. Let's go to side two. All right, before you start, man, give me some factoids now. Oh, I want some factoids. factoids. Yeah, give me some factoids so I can correct you. All right. Um, Peak position number three on the Billboard 200. Got it. All right, nice. Am I right so far? Do you know? I'm going to say yes, dude. I'll let you know when you're wrong. All right. In Canada, it got as high as 15, and Finland, 27. Those are only three countries that they charted in. We haven't broken to Finland yet, have you? Not yet. We have not. But we've gotten to the Scandinavian countries. Yeah. Okay. But uh, not that one. All right. Um, Their first release was Shake Me, 1986. Uh, It did not enter the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, It charted at 98 in UK and 41 on the mainstream rock. So that song, you know, with a lot of these bands, their first song isn't the one that broke them out. Correct. Some of them, yes. Some of them, no. Okay. Took a couple. But if you would have told me, I remember that song of being like, that's a cool song. Man. I don't remember it as a, re- as a release. Yeah, I'm I remember not, it when it was out as a single. I think, I think when Nobody's Fool came out is when I purchased the mm-hmm. cassette. And then, that went, and then put it in. <laughs> yes. The cassette. The cassette. Hole. Um, <laughs> in 1987, the next release was Nobody's Fool. It peaked at number 13 and then in Canada, number 35. Right. And the next release was Somebody Save Me, uh, which hit number 66. And on the mainstream rock, it hit number 37. Nice. Do you, wanna, do you want me to tell you about some precious metals? Sure. All right. In the U.S., three times platinum, three million copies. That's a lot. That's a lot, dude. That's a lot. That's of, a lot. And then, of course, like we talked about last time with Bon Jovi, everything's relative. In Canada, it also got platinum, but that's only 100,000. But still, dude, it's a lot of records, man. They were, uh, at one point, I mean, we just, I guess, I don't know where you want, yeah, I can compare this to. Like, we talked about Bon Jovi's New Jersey, and it was at one point selling two million copies, of, or a million copies a week. Mm-hmm. Here, the kind of the thing, it was, you know, it was selling like 50,000 a week at one point. So, not as much, but still, it had enough of the longevity to, 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 you know, sell what it needed to sell. Exactly. Night song, dude, is a, it's a really good album. So I go, I'm going back to my, my new favorite website, which is uh, Music Charts Archive. Ah, that's it, Music Charts Archive. And so it tells you like the, when it first entered the charts and, how, and it shows you every week until it exited the charts. Man, it was in the top 50 for 50 weeks, almost that's a good. year. That's good. You know, especially with your first single not, not doing much, that's still pretty good. Debuted at 39. Slowly, slowly, so slowly. So a, a slow build then. So yeah. it wasn't a, a mega hit. It was a slow build as yep. in, hey, we, we're going to release this album. We're going to put you on tour and go from there. Mm-hmm. They were, I think they were within a tour with uh, Bon Jovi. I think they were supporting so, tour. So, right? the, so when the album came out, their first tour that they did was in Japan with Loudness. This is in 86. With Poison, Cinderella, and Headliners at the time, Loudness. And, uh, you know, they rocked it. And they, <clears throat> I think it was a Japanese-type tour, mm-hmm. right? So when they came back to the States, the, so they're probably around their second single now. So this, so this time, probably Nobody Fool's going on. They started off with David Lee Roth. And so it was David Lee Roth and Cinderella. You know, and David Lee Roth's doing... Uh, um, Excuse me. Probably his solo tour and doing it in theaters and stuff, mm-hmm. getting a good amount of people. And what happens after that? By the time the third single comes out, they're on tour with Bon Jovi doing arenas on yeah. the Slippery When Wet tour. I love it. And you can see here when I'm looking at the charts, it like starts at 39, goes into the 20s and teens, and then it drops back into the 20s, 
And then you can see, oh, okay, this must have been where, uh, uh, oh, what can I think of the song? Nobody's Fool, when it got released. Because then it just, like two months later, it gets to number three. So Yeah. Yeah, you can tell when the when the single hit and the effect it has on, on an album on the charts. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the next one, Hell on Wheels. All right. Hell on Wheels. This is, you know, um, uh, you know, being on uh, being on the road, going city to city, uh, hell on wheels. Here we come. Yeah, uh, you can interpret these many ways. You know, when 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 I listen to the song, I'll list, I'll read the lyrics while I'm going and go. That's what this means to me. But it could also mean like you know, we're here to make trouble and you know things like that. But I think it's more written from a touring standpoint. Hell on wheels. Here comes the bus. Isn't we're it, gonna get rowdy? Don't we talk about this in in our um. Band covers one. It's the eye of the beholder on what mm-hmm. you did. So the artist may be saying, I'm thinking about this. You took it as that. But that's every Almost like the PMRC. <laughs> right. <laughs> we meant it this way, but you guys are perverts. Yeah. <laughs> Tipper. Uh, yeah. What do you think of this song? Uh, good, fun song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked it. Uh, yeah, let's listen to it. Nothing wrong, nothing wrong with it. It's a yeah. short one. Yeah, dude. Just under three minutes long. It's just, just a quick little roll well, cut. They, they, yeah, that's what they wanted. Let's go on there. All right, next Let's song. Roll. Somebody Save Me. Yeah. The this next, was their the next, third release. I love it, dude. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, Somebody Save Me. I love this song, dude. This I is a, a really good one. You know, this song, it's about, like, uh, you're told to do all these things, and he just wants to be a rocker. He just wants to be Tom Kiefer. You need to get a job. You need to oh, be okay. this. You need to get this wife. He got <clears throat> by the house. He's like, oh, man, someone saved me from this, from this world of chaos that everybody's expecting me to... <laughs> Yeah, dude. I'll sing that. I think we say that all the time. Somebody yeah. save me. Somebody save me. Right, man. Next track, number eight, number three on side two. In from the, the outside. outside. What do you think of this one? Uh, fun. Good. I I I like it a lot, man. A lot of good stuff on it. Yeah. Um. It's all right. I think it's okay. Okay. Um. Uh, not definitely not a standout track for me. No, no, some of these are not, dude. Uh-huh. I mean, to be honest, we we got like one or two more songs to talk about, but from the four or five songs that I'm gonna say were singles to me are are really good. I think this is a solid album, dude. This has more of a bluesy mm-hmm. riff to it. This has definitely has yeah. So I think they really grew on this type of groove yeah i like the next song yeah oh next song push push yeah uh not a single but it's still a good fun song man i think we even heard it today driving around doing our business it should have been a single uh it could have been if they wanted to push one more yeah you know or if they didn't want to do night songs night songs wasn't a single was it nope 
but it's a good song. Though. <laughs> yeah, they could have they could have like five singles off of this. Maybe you know, if uh, you know, you you get you hit it and they want to hit while the iron's hot, so you get that one huge single. They're like, okay, yeah, let's get you out on the road and, and write an album while you're out there. So during night songs when that was in Bon Jovi rotation on MTV, they were writing, touring, yeah, getting ready to, to for a long cold winter, and uh, this definitely could have been another single off of this album, definitely for sure. Let's listen to it. All right, push, push. Another quick little rocker, just under three minutes. Yeah, sounds good, man. He did it that. really has that. A lot of their songs have that groove, like you can hear it with the guitar, just grinding. Yeah. And I think it's great. His voice goes great with it. Oh, I know definitely. I keep saying that, but yeah, no, 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 I agree with you on that. Some man. people don't like his voice, but uh, I think it goes great with the music. I think in the next couple, two albums, even more so because how their style kind of changes. They kind of move away from what this album sounds like and they go towards more of like a bluesy sound. I think that his voice even complements the music better. Okay. Or Okay. Um, back Home Again. Um, not too memorable. No, not too memorable yeah. at all. Don't think it's a good way to end the album, but, you know, what do I know? I, I'm not writing songs, right? Yeah, it's it's about... It's kind of funny because... You might think about, oh, this is a song about him coming off the road, but it's actually about him feeling at home on the stage and, you know, my mom's nagging me and all this kind of stuff, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. I'm back on the stage. I'm back home again. Right. So, um, yeah, you know, taking a little different spin. You know how they kind of like to, when they're writing the songs, get a little ironic. I didn't even think about it till right now. Okay. It's a little Aerosmithy. Like back in the saddle. I'm back. Oh. Okay. Back in the saddle again. Oh, they can see. I'm back. Like they slowed it down a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Or did a little I think they slowed it down yeah, something. Right. Maybe it's just maybe it's just that lyric. How he's just saying I'm right. back kinda of reminded me of Aerosmith. Alright. But more so coming up. Alright, um, so. that kind of wraps up Night Songs, which was their first album. Also, some other accolades. Accolades, sorry. Uh, it's, I'm just going to kind of read some of these off to you. Some of them may surprise you, Greg. Some of them may not. So there's some websites and some magazines that have kind of, you know, they go back. They're rock magazines and websites that go back and kind of talk about some of these albums. Okay. So website called Metal Rules. In 2003, they rated this number two of the top 50 glam metal albums wow, of all time. That's, that's number two. Good. I wonder what was number one. I didn't look. Yeah. I should have. Um, in 2006, they rated it t- in the, uh, the, they did their top 10 one album heavy metal wonders. I don't know what that title means, but it was number eight. So that's good. Guitar World in 2008 said it was number eight of their top 20 hair metal albums of the 80s. LA Weekly <laughs> in uh, 2011 rated it number 11 in their top 20 hair albums. Loudwire ranked at number seven. Consequence of Sound ranked uh, ranked at number seven. Rolling Stone, which 
God, dude. I'm not a fan of Rolling Stone, dude. They're just way too pretentious for me. In their 50 greatest hair metal albums of all time, they're rated at 18. Far and away lower than anybody else did, but, you know, they got to be different because we are music connoisseurs. <laughs> Fucking Rolling Stone magazine. <laughs> there. All right, dude. Um, let's move on before I lose it. You, so, just saying, you know, Chris, the point of view, I, li- I like it. I dig it. And there's like, you know, five out of the ten songs are pretty much in a good heavy rotation with me. I'm good with it. Yeah, side one is stronger than side two, but there's a couple standout tracks. Um, Somebody Save Me, Push Push on side two. Yeah. You throw those on side one, got a killer one side. But still, it's a, it's a solid album. It's a strong album. Uh, I've listened to it like 10 times in the last week. Uh, but yeah, it's I have thoroughly enjoyed this album. 36 minutes long, 36 minutes of fun. Uh, there's a couple tracks on there that just don't do it for me, but... Uh, nothing that makes me want to uh, let me ask you this much so a lot of the um top tracks were the first three or four songs does that saying they pushed everything too much or they should have spread it out just a little bit more for your taste um well no not necessarily i think that you know whenever you have that i mean night songs wasn't a single correct but a good song Okay, but they don't know yeah, if, people, yeah, if they're yes. not going to really. You know what I'm saying? The yes. singles. There's two singles on side two, one, one single on side two. Um, they didn't just line them up like some bands do. Um, I'm kind of easing on that. Okay. But uh, I still don't like it when they put all their singles in a row. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought. This one was a little more, ba 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 ba. But you're right. Night Night Songs was definitely not a single. And then you got it, and then you got Push Push on the second side. Yeah. So it's it's a little that. more even. Okay. More even than a lot of them are. Okay. For sure. All right. Tell All right. You that. Sounds good. All right. Next album they released in 1988. What you, What do you have? Do you have July for this album? What do you have for the release date? Because I was finding different. Yes. Okay. July 19. I don't have a day though. So we're just going to say July. Okay. July 88 Mercury Records again. Um, this album, they did change their sound. Yes. Quite a bit. Uh, went for a more bluesy sound, more bluesy rock on this. Mm-hmm. Definitely, um, not as much as some of the critics. Come, the critics came out and said that they were trying to sound like the Stones or they were trying to sound like Aerosmith. There are some songs that definitely sound like uh, Aerosmith songs, or that they definitely were influenced. But I don't think they were trying to be them. I think you know sometimes you just play to your influences, and, and I don't think they were like, oh, we got to sound like Aerosmith from seventies. Hmm. Um, but this song or this album is great. I I really like this album yes. a lot. What about yes. you? Yes, I love how it opens up. I'm not gonna lie, man. I you know, uh, bad stream seamstress blues. Mm-hmm. Great way to open it up, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. And then kicks into uh, the other song, man. Good stuff. Gypsy Road would be that track too. Let's play some uh, bad seamstress blues. Right. See, right off the bat, if you listen to night songs and then you put this and you're like what and it's because it just has such a different bluesy sound just right off the bat yeah with definitely. a steel guitar steel slide guitar but it's just a harmonica yeah see I'm feeling it man yeah because it, it, it kicks in dude yeah
Dude, killer, man. Good fun stuff, man. I don't think the kids will have ever heard this one. Just the kids around, you know, the young people. Oh, listen know. to it, man. That's a good one. Yeah, man. You guys got to listen to all of these albums. They're all great. I mean, we're just playing snippets. I mean, I wish we could just play the whole album and just talk over it. But, uh, man, we're not going to do that. No. Uh, Gypsy Road, love it. It's, you know, it was their first single. Um, you know, it was uh, more of a rocker. But man, it's it's great. It kind of is a good way to transition from the first album to the second. Yes. And then uh, the next song, number three. This is the one. the big hit. This is the big hit off of this album. Yeah. Don't know what you got till it's gone. I remember seeing this thing. Uh, remember they came out with those CD sets, those monster ballad yeah. CDs yeah, on TV, it. and you would see the infomercial <laughs> and the yes. song was on it all the time. This and Warrant. <laughs> you had those two heaven. heaven yeah dude um this is a great song yeah it's it, it, the title says what it's about you don't know what you got till it's gone now was this the the first time um tom was playing piano hey that grand piano on the on the on this album right i think so i, I know so. they had a keyboardist for the the tour but i think the and, and remember what i told you he was behind the scenes mm -hmm. keyboardist mm-hmm didn't like it. They could have given him a little front. They could have yeah. moved the curtain a little bit. And I don't had know. Rock and roll, yeah. Do you think? Do you stuff. think Tom played the piano? Wait, I'm gonna have to look. Um, do I think he played the piano on the album? Yes. Did no, he, on the in concert. On, he didn't play it in tour? concert. I think he did. I think he, the, he, he may have. Well, for this song at least, you know, it was a big hit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a huge hit. You know, this was a huge hit, and I'm here. I'm DJing. So I'm just gonna. gonna. Don't know what you got till it's gone. I mean, kind of. That's a. Love ballad right there. Yeah, dude, it's great. Here we go. 
Lighters in the air. Put your yeah, lighter down, Greg. No way. Put your lighter down. He's got the he's got the long scripto lighter going. <laughs> I don't know where I'm trying to light some candles, man. Um, yeah, that was a huge hit for them. Great power ballad. One of, one of the best to come out of this era. Uh, love it. Love it. It's great. It's great. Yeah. Uh, the next song, song number track number four, "The Last Mile." Same thing, dude. Good, fun song, man. I mm-hmm. really, I really dug this song. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a different, catchy hook to it. So, "Last Mile" made me, you know, fun stuff for me. Yeah, this was uh, also one of one of their singles they released. Um, I think it was like the fourth single, or so. It was the last one off of this. Oh, okay. Uh, it's number three. Uh, group. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it fits right in the cut of this album. It fits in here perfectly. Uh, Tom Kiefer is just such a good songwriter. And, you know, the fact that he plays, like, all the instruments uh, or can play all the instruments, he knows how kind of any, everything fits together a little right? better, I think. Um, I think it's great, dude. I'm going to play some of it. What do you think? Yes. All right. Last Mile. See, that's fun, catchy, bro. They do a lot of the, um, well, where the the band is singing like the 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 the, the, the chorus, course. the last mountain. Then Tom comes in with his powerful voice and says something over the top. And the, the group, the last, they do they do that on some of their songs. I think it really sounds good because it gives that crowd the kind of. Put my fist in the air. I'm gonna sing with you guys too. Kind yeah, of right. I love it because you you go see a band live. That's we've said it before. When a lot of these songs, we think about what it would be like to experience them live, and you know, having that chorus part to sing at least in your car or something like that. It, it's always good. Oh, definitely, always good on that car, man. Next track, number five, this is the last song on side one. It's called Second Wind. What do you think? Uh, not too memorable for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, not one of my favorites, but you know, it is what it is. Starts off all right. Um, I like this song. All right. Um, you know, it's just it's it's just about uh, you know when you're down and out, getting your second wind, uh, coming back from you know being on your low to your high. Uh, I think it's a you know not a terrible song. I mean, you might uh, you're probably more critical about it than I am, but yeah, I'm not. You know, very much like like the Hell on Wheels on the first album, how we mm-hmm. talked about, ooh, now they're, after their singles, now they're getting to a rocker song. That's a kind of feel right now, I think, on this. So, they're, all right, we're done with the singles, guys. Let's get into some meat and yeah. potatoes. Mm-hmm. And this is this is what we're giving you. See, they don't have the... Just, just, just the band playing. They don't have that shredding guitar solos going on in some songs they, they do but not that's not what they're known for no right i like that one man that one's right. good to rocker now the next song this is definitely like a straight blues song yeah straight up it's the title track long cold winter i don't even know did we even say that at the beginning that the album is called long cold winter i don't even think we said that i thought we did okay um by the way i love the cover of this album it's just white 
right? And, just kind of, but <clears throat> and long the, cold winters and purple. I think and think there's a little ombre to their logo. Yeah, but, but the same thing. That that's a classic. I mean, Cinderella. Okay, you got it. Long cold winter. Winter. You think of white snow mm-hmm. or. You mm-hmm. know. And this is a straight, straight blue song. Okay, and, and right from the bat, and it's a you know long cold winter without your love. It's about how it's cold it's going to be without you here with me and exactly. I wish you were here and well you're not you're not let's listen <laughs> see right off the bat you got the the organ it's a blues song yeah I love it okay so to me this song they took that blues riff that they they played with in the first album, and and amped it up two more spots on their thing. So now this is more of a blues. This is more of the sound that they want to go for. I'm gonna skip ahead so we can hear some vocals. Okay. All right. fits his voice just fits with right song. it does it does and I mean, like the lyrical content and the message of the song and the music in his voice just that's great yeah and it doesn't change much that's that's the tempo that's exactly. the tempo through the whole song uh that's a slow, uh, bluesy rock song. Yeah, I think it's right up there with the singles that were released. I think this is of the rest. It's one of the best. But then you go through the whole album, you're like, well, actually, you know, I like uh, Falling Apart at the Seams. Oh, wait, I like you know, <laughs> Long Cold Winter. Oh, wait. I like, you know, you, you, there's, you know there's, there's six or seven really good tracks when you, you, know, you put the singles on there. And if you've you got 70% of your tracks are, are good on an album. Yeah, definitely. You're definitely good. Especially in law, you know, in this time, they were trying to hit while the iron was hot, and just trying to every two years, every two years or less. You know, sometimes you got them back to back years, you know, releases. So I, I think it was that I read on this one for tidbits on this one was you're right. Right after they finished their tour with Bon Jovi, they went into the studio, recorded, and then jumped right back on just to keep make sure things mm-hmm. things were going. So that was good. I love it, dude. That song's great. Yeah. If you don't like it, I don't care. Yeah, I think the first cycle they did. Um, for touring was a 14-month cycle for uh, Night Songs. By the way, I wasn't telling Greg I didn't care about him. That's just the name of the next song. <laughs> if you don't like it, <laughs> I don't care. I, I like, you know, th- th- it implies exactly what the uh, uh, title saying. Yeah. You know, if you don't like it, I'm going to do it this way. If you don't like it, I Same don't thing. care. Good, fun rock and roll song, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love you it. You know, uh, good, powerful vocals, good lyrics. You know? Do I hear some cowbell back there? Thought I did. Again, they're singing and he comes over the top. Yes. Crowd arena ready songs. Chugging like a freaking train coming at you, dude. That's it. 
This whole album is like a train coming at you. It's so rich and thick. Just the music, you know, it definitely was a huge step uh, to me forward for them. Some people might say it was a huge step in another direction, but I think that direction was forward nonetheless. Even if it was to a more bluesy side, I still think it was them getting better. This album, I think this album is better than the first one. The first one does have some great songs, some of their best, but I think as a total album, this one's better. What do you think? We don't have to get into a battle, but no, I, I, I was kind of going with you on that one that I thought, uh, um, songwriting musicianship. Mm -hmm. I think this album did, um, sound a lot better or, or there now could it have been because the guys gelled, the guys learned how to play with each other, that write songs with each other. It. Well, Tom Kiefer wrote all the songs except for, uh, Eric okay. Bradyham wrote on one song, but okay. go ahead. But what I mean, writing songs, I mean, you know what? I mean, these guys got to, you know, sit in a room and they're, okay, hey, you know what? We're going to play this, blah, blah, blah. Okay, play it again. Well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to play this with that. I'm going to hit this hat. I'm going to, you know, have this drum song. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, they all learned how they, they went on tour together 14 months. Hey, okay, now we're back. Hey, we, we have new music. Let's, let's make this sound. This is what we wanted to hear and sound. So for that point, I agree with you that it's better than night songs. Yeah. And I think that with that first song, it being their debut, um, being on Mercury, a bandmate with Bon Jovi, they probably wanted to go for more of the just rock sound. Yeah. And the, probably the label, uh, and producers probably directed to say, we need it to be more like this with the success of that album. They were probably given a little more freedom. I mean, let's <laughs> 3 million albums is not to shake a stick at. No, you sell 3 million albums. You're going to get a little bit of freedom. I think on this album, they definitely gave him the freedom. Even if it was for a few songs, they took that freedom and did amazing things. Exactly. I agree with you on that point. So that point of view, yes, Chris. Um, the, the next song on this is track eight, number three on side two. This is Coming Home. This mm. was their number three release from the album. All right. I love this song too, dude. Yeah. What about you? I yeah. Love it, dude. <laughs> Sounds good. I think we can almost, I almost say that about every song on here. Okay. I mean, a, a lot of these songs, we, you know, we, we have listened to and, Heard over and over, but it's kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm coming home. I'm going to play some. Yeah. Is that okay with you? Of course. See? A lot of longer tracks on this album as well. We got five. And, you know, the shortest one is over three minutes. So I think that it, the clock in was 44 minutes rather 43, than 4351, yep. Whether than like their uh, 36, more. yeah. And that's all musicianship right there. Mm -hmm. Now I try to interpret, try to think of what he was writing on this one. I don't know if it's like, I'm coming home. My my life is ending. I'm coming home, or I'm just coming home. I can't. Okay. Can be interpreted either way, either or, way, or probably multiple ways. But I mean, imagine imagine people thinking about that. Mm -hmm. People think some people when I pass away, I'm coming home to wherever you think home is. Mm -hmm. You know, regardless, it's still a good song. Hey, do, we'll talk about these last two, then we'll do factoids. All right, sounds good, man. Is that even a real word? Yes, it is. Okay, it's a criticism. <laughs> Next song, number nine. This is Fire and Ice. Fire and Ice. You know, it's, you know, Fire and Ice. It's like, uh, you know, 
talking about like the opposites of like it's kind of to me it's like a woman she's fire and ice she's gonna be this then she's gonna be that but it's all love for you like she's gonna be too you know what i mean yeah, like no, no, loving no. and then aggressive i right. guess would be the pc way to say it i guess kind of a thing uh this song when did you ever been become pc <laughs> when is pc chris dude, I'm, I'm trying to hit <laughs> i'm just trying to make sure that this is okay for i don't know who's listening dude I know who's listening. Our listeners, the All nation right. is listening. Who's listening? Wanna, listen to They're in Taiwan listening. Oh, yeah, dude, I love it. They're Taiwan. in Spain. I hey, Spain, what's up? Hola. Love it, dude. dude. It just chugs along. Right, that is. You know, you know it's funny, every time I always talked about or thought about this album was okay, Long Cold Winter. When right away that title says cold. I mean some of these songs already have we know about the Seamstress Blues, but you got Gypsy Road from being on the road too much. You have Last Mile, Second Wind, you're still in the cold, you know, long cold uh, winter, and then out fire and ice. This is it kinda has like a theme sometimes. Mm-hmm. Of outside or cold or dealing with that type of stuff and that song Fire and Ice goes the title with. fit the title of yeah. the album fits, fits perfectly the, with fits the content perfectly. of the songs I think exactly. it really does a good job of describing with night songs let's party yeah. you know, it's more of a night songs these are songs for the night for when you're going out when you're with your guys yeah. and your girls or whatever yeah. I don't know that's why you're gonna shake me oh shoot dude <laughs> that's one of the most clever things you've ever said <laughs> <laughs> Have another, wrong, beer. Have wrong, another beer, Chris. Wrong, wrong, <laughs> wrong. God, this guy. Last song, track ten. Take me back. Take me back. Um, this, he, this song's good. I mean, didn't he sing that on the last album? No, he. Then he closed the album with a, a "Take Me Back" song. What did Love he? It. I can't remember what. Um, uh, back home again. Yeah, back home again. This is "Take Me Back." No, it's "Take Me Back." I love it, dude. Uh. You know, the, the next album's gonna be back one more time. That's, that's, that's closer. Back again. <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be back. Featuring Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Definitely. Ha- it's a rock song, but you can tell it has blues influence on it. Yes. And the horns. Is, which, yeah, you're starting to lose me with the horns now, man. But here's the thing, dude. Is it they're they're in they're they're not the up front. They're in the back. They're just giving a little richness and friendliness to the album. Exactly, but you're losing me. You don't like horns? Not too much when I'm listening to my I 80s. I don't like horns in my rock. <laughs> 80s hair metal. <laughs> I don't mind it. I don't mind it so much of them. It kind of fits the style of music. All right. Factoid time. You know what? I forgot one factoid that I wanted to tell you from the last one. Because I'm not. What was it? I won't get fooled again. Ooh. Did you know? on the songs Nothing for Nothing and In from the Outside on Night Songs that they had a special background vocalist on those songs? No, I didn't. Huh. Damn it. Who is it? Maybe you better Google it. If you have the info, just oh, say it. Oh, I do. It. I do. I do. After this, after Telling this, us to Google hold it. Up, dude, after this awkward pause. Pause. Unpause. <laughs> John Bon Jovi. Really? John Bon Jovi. All right. 
the first time we did one of these album reviews, you busted out with all these things because I didn't read everything I was supposed to read. So now I read everything on the damn page. You told me that last time. (laughs) Hey, dude. Also, on this song, I didn't know this, dude. And Okay, so on the first album, Fred Curry joined them as their drummer after the album was done. Correct. Got there just in time, you know, to be on the cover, joined the band, toured with them, was a part of the band when the next album was getting ready to be done. So here... He didn't play on that album, on Long Cold Winter. He's credited as the drummer, but he didn't actually play the drums. Get out of town. Some gentleman named Cozy Powell played on all the tracks except for number five, which is Second Wind, and another guy named Denny uh, Carmassi played drums on that track. I did not know that. Get That's what I'm town. telling you guys about this band. There's, there's, I mean, you got Tom Kiefer, you got Eric Brittingham, who were there basically from the beginning. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Jeff Labar, who, who joined the band. But Fred Curry, dude, he's in, out, he's in it, he's in a plane, he's not playing. Wow, I, not even on this album at all? Not on this album. Credited, but does not play on the album. I'm a little disappointed, Fred. I know. I'm not going to buy any albums with Fred on it anymore. He probably didn't you don't record even, it. You don't even know if he's, <laughs> if he's playing. Yeah. All right, let's go. Let's do this. Um, <coughs> oh, you still got factoids oh, for I me? Got, I got them right okay, here, Okay, good. I got them right here. So charting. On the Billboard 200, they got top 10. Two t- right there you go. First two albums got in the top 10. Uh, I'll just run countries and give you the number where they were. Uh, Switzerland, number seven. Norwegian uh, album charts, 13. Finland, 15. Canada, 24. German, 24. UK, 30. Uh, Australia, 32. Swedish, 38. And here come the charting singles. So Gypsy Road, which was their first single, it only hit 51. Which is kind of surprising for me. Okay. I thought it was going to be a lot higher charter. Yeah. It was, I think it's a really good song. It's a strong song. It's one of the best songs it's, on the it, album. That's the first single from the album, right? Yep. Don't. Then here comes the power. The formula, right? Oh, the normal yeah. formula. Here comes the power ballad, number 12. I would say the power ballad is usually the third single. Then you get the rockers in. Then you get the girls in on the third single, third and fourth single. Four. Someone don't even put four out. But okay. I don't want to argue. Then coming home was number 20. And the last mile hit number thirty-six. Okay, three times platinum again, dude. Nice. Another three million. Uh, this one went two times platinum, two hundred thousand in Canada. Okay, so sold a little better there. And then you know, uh, top fifty metal albums are ranked fifteen. L.A. Weekly, Chuck Klosterman's favorite hair metal, hair metal albums, uh, number nine. Do you know Chuck Klosterman? He's written some good books. I have a couple of them over here. You can borrow them. Uh, fifty greatest hair metal albums of all time by Rolling Stone, number ten. So they made this one 10. And the last one was like and, 17 or and something? 18 like was Night Song. So if they have two of their albums in Rolling Stones top 20. Okay, not bad. Yeah, they're still they're still not my favorite. But okay. Who, uh, Rolling Stone? Huh? Rolling Stones not your favorite? No. Yeah. Do you know the name of their third album? Yes. Okay, go. Heartbreak Station. That's right. I love it. This one, uh, what do you think of this one? You know, this album was a big change. So, you know how we talked about, hey, you got $3 million on your first album. I know when you got $3 million again on your second album and you experimented a little bit. Well, to me, they experimented too much. Because now, a lot of these songs go from rock, bluesy rock, to even country style. And it kind of turned me off on a few songs. I could see how it would turn people off. Definitely, I like the album. Uh, it's it's a lot different than the, the first two. It's almost like 
the first one was you know the rock album the second one they you know got some blues some mm-hmm. you know, a little more in, played a little more of their influences that they have uh then this one just turned it up even more it took it even more so um i don't think it's a t- i think out of the, th- the three it's my least favorite but i still like it i agree with you on that one uh they had uh three singles uh, that they released from this album do the factoids first okay uh let's go Oh, you know, I'll do them a little bit different order. It uh, only went one times platinum, one million in platinum and uh, hundred thousand in Canada. So platinum, platinum. Okay. Um, in Switzerland, it hit eight. Norway, six, uh, sixteen. The Billboard, it hit nineteen. Uh, Canada, twenty-eight. German, thirty-four. UK, thirty-six. Finland, thirty-nine. And Sweden, forty-two. They're big. They're they're pretty big over up in the Scandinavian countries. Yeah, uh, it's the way they dress, man. Yeah, right. Uh, the, the, the first single, Shelter Me, hit 36. Heartbreak Station hit 44. And The More Things Change did not chart at all. Wow. Yep. Um, this one has more horns in it. It has... Dude. dude. I, go, I go to the first album, right? And I, and you look and it's like additional musicians. You know, some keyboarding, some background vocals. And then you hit the, go to this one. It's percussion, saxophone, clarinet. Baritone sax, saxophone, trumpet, steel guitar, organ, uh, keyboards, pro synthesizer, too much strings, all that kind of stuff. It's definitely thick. It's definitely thick. <laughs> that was an inside joke. If you didn't That's know that an one, inside joke. Um, thick. Th- let's start it off. So this is the way that you know the album starts. You know the first single, but the more things change, good, dude. I, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, dude. This, I, I think this is a good song. I, I ha- definitely happy with it. Uh, but the, like I said, there's definitely more sound than the four guys that are in the band. Yeah, you know. So to me, a little too much. I even think they have some background singers in some of these songs now, right? Probably. Yeah. Turning me off. Slide guitar right off the bat. I'm good with a slide guitar. Now, this is Fred Corey, right? Yeah. Oh, right. I like it for an opening track. I like it, dude. Same, same. Yeah, I'm Tom not, is still I'm there. Not, I'm, not, I'm not lying, dude. This is good. You got me. Got you on that one. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, track two, uh, Love's Got Me Doing Time. I believe, you know, as much as we would love to sit here and tell you we have all of these songs on every album memorized from all time, we don't. But I believe, if, if I'm right, this is a slower song. No, no, this is the blue. This is this was, this is the one. This is a straight Aerosmiths from the 70s song. Oh, okay. This sounds... Right? Right. If you want to know what Aerosmith sounds like from the 70s, this is it right here. Yeah. A little funky. Little b- that's, that's a perfect word for it. A little funky. A Cinderella funky. But a little enjoyable. Okay. I think me and you will differ more on this album than we do on the other two. Yeah. From our point of view. Uh, next song on the album, uh, Shelter Me. 
good song. I yeah. like it. Yeah, uh, definitely different sound, but same thing. Good, fun single. You mm-hmm. definitely enjoy it on the rock and roll. Yeah. Good stuff. Let's play it. Here we go. See, twangy guitar. See here, the background singers and the preachiness. That um, that would be Elaine Foster, Sharon Foster, and Tara Polarin on background vocals on that track. Take them out. <laughs> Remix. It's all right. I like it, dude. Okay. Uh, you, you just said. Yeah. You, didn't you just say you liked it? I do because I know it, it's because it's a single. But I mean, it, it, would I prefer it without the girls singing it? Yeah, I'd want. Let me hear the guys sing it. How could the guys sing? I like it, dude. What Fred Corey can't sing now? All of a sudden, he can't sing. Oh, they all sing. Man, why are you being so mean? Because I just found out that he's not on the first album or second album. Let's see if they're still here towards you. They're still in there. Yeah. In the saxophone. Wait a minute. This sounds like Lay Your Hands On Me. It's like Preachy from Bon Jovi. They stole it. <laughs> I see him on top of the scaffold. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Above the congregation. Above the congregation. <laughs> That's probably one of the, the song is probably one of the bigger departures from their sound. Lay I your enjoy hands it. on me. I enjoy it. Shelter me. Lay your hands on me. Number 36. Heartbreak Station. <laughs> Title track. I like this song. All right. Sounds good, man. Let me hear some love it. <laughs> give it, it sounds to me. Good. Well, give me your thoughts on it first. I mean, no way, man. It's, I, you know what? I, I'm not going to lie. This is another one of those singles that I did enjoy. Yeah, dude. It's, I'm not saying anything bad about Cinderella. I'm saying what it was was sometimes this album, they go too off for me. They go too from that rock and blues start off first two albums that I found them appealing. And obviously you can tell it too, because if the first album sold 3 million, the second album sold 3 million and this album sold 1 million. So the hardcore fans like me who would just buy the album cause you, they love the band. Now th- those guys are, they were only a million strong. God, you're, you're mad today. No, I'm telling you how I feel. About I love Heart this. Break Station. I love this song. Let me hear it then. Okay. You want me to play it from the beginning? No. Uh, you can play it where you want. I'll yap over it. I love this song. <laughs> yeah, I hear the keyboards. Nice synthesizer. I think those are strings, dude. Oh, strings even. Even I can tell the difference. Yeah. Even worse. I love it, dude. I absolutely love it. I'm waiting for the background singers now. They only come in during the chorus. (laughs) You suck. Listen to that. I dig it. I dig this song, man. 
great drumming. She took the last train out of my heart. Yeah. Heartbreak Station. Heartbreak Station. Love it, man. It's That's one of the stronger tracks. I'm surprised it, it charted so low. I think maybe, you know, Shelter Me being their first single was a big departure from what they had done previously. And then, you know, kind of hearing the rest of the album, people kind of maybe kind of pulled back from them a little bit. But, man, that song, I love it. It's a strong ballad. Love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Track number five. It's kind of funny. Like the other two, they were listed side one and side two. Mm-hmm. This one is just all of them straight through. See, by that time, I think uh, CDs took over. Yeah, this was, uh, was from more, 1990. Yeah, I'm thinking CDs November took over that kind of 20th, stuff. 20th, I think. And remember, think about the 90s songs were different, so you know, more different sounding. Yeah, that's true. Uh, this one is Sick for the Cure. Sick for the Cure. Not what do you think of this one? Not a fan at all. It's Stonesy. Yeah, it does it's have that Stonesy. honky tonk that, sound. That, it has that little this solo running behind it. Sounds like cowbell. Yeah. Very Stonesy. Okay. Uh, this was released January first, nineteen ninety. Which was the song? This Hard, uh, heartbreak station. Because I, I have. Uh, the only date I could find was an uh, article that someone wrote where they said it's scheduled to be released on November 20th. I couldn't get a date at all. My sources, so, my, wait, my wait, intern, wait, wait. Hold on a let me know that it was January 1st, 1990. How could it be? Re- oh, it got released January 1st, 1990? That's what I said. Hmm. Okay. The, 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 my, inter- so. my intern let me know. <laughs> I can dig it. She also said it was... Uh, 11 songs, so one more than our, than the last Yep, 11 songs. songs, that's correct. And at 53 minutes. So these guys are adding a little more twang. Yeah, a little more twang for the sang. <laughs> Chicka tang. They're doing from 36 to 42 to 56. You know I know, I mean? right? All right, this one's called One for Rock and Roll. Um, Ooh, it, it's country for me, dude. He's, he's losing me now, dude. Tom, you're losing me. I don't mind a little country. I do. Who's this, right, Tweety? For Cinderella, it doesn't. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Good. But uh, no, I don't, I don't mind you? it. Oh, I don't mind I, it. I, I do. I don't know. God, he can yeah, he yeah. could do this on his solo album. Don't be doing on no Cinderella songs. Well, he's the only one writing it, so it basically isn't a solo. <laughs> it is a solo <laughs> album. <laughs> no, 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 I get he, that. That one is kind of it's not well because they were being more experimental and doing a lot of things with the blues, the seventies, the Stones, the Aerosmith. Let's throw in a little fucking country in here too. I, I get it, Chris. And it's not like new country. For, it's like this is like old country too with the, yes. with the twangy slides and everything. Yes, I I get it, but. 
it doesn't belong on the Cinderella album. Apparently it does. It, I mean, yes, and it does. And right in the middle. And and <laughs> <laughs> side B, okay, fine. Uh, not for me, dude. All right. Too country for me. Uh, how familiar are you with the rest of the album? Dead Man's Road is the next song. Okay. Uh, the only one I really... Do you want me to say what I don't like on the next four or five no, songs? No, you can tell me what you don't like. Do you like this one? Not really. Go ahead. This sounds more of a... This is blues. Blues. Now, this doesn't sound... Remember, I, would, I was talking about how they wrote, started writing songs and it felt like I'm in the winter or I'm in this... Now, it sounds like I'm on the road. You know who this reminds me of? I don't know what song it is. It's Fleetwood Mac does a song that sounds like this. Oh, The Chain. Yeah, The Chain, dude. The Chain. Isn't that what this sounds like, dude? Another 70s reference. Holy crap, dude. There's some Aerosmith. There's some Rolling Stones. And now there's Fleetwood Mac. What an eclectic young gentleman. <laughs> See? Keyboards. Greg's not a fan. I'm looking at it. No, I'm definitely the, not, not. Across of, the studio, the state-of-the-art studio. Not of the, the these rest of these songs, studio. dude. These are hard to listen to for me. Wow, man. You're... T- Hey, why don't you tell me what you really think? I want to hear some rock and roll. Can we go back to night songs, man? No, no. Night no. songs. I accidentally turned your dial up. <laughs> Turn it up. Is this the next one? This is Make Your Own Way. Yeah. Self-explanatory, dude. Sometimes you just got to do it yourself. You know, you just... What does it sound like? Sounds like some Bojango rock. Bojango rock. Country rock? It's, dude, it's, it sounds like this one's a 70s Aerosmith again. <laughs> oh, there's the girls. They're back. You're critical, dude. <laughs> I don't want no women on my album. <laughs> I don't want no horns on my album. I don't want no so- strings on my album. No <laughs> background singers unless it's John Bon Jovi or Mike Reno. That's like your list. <laughs> and you check, you, you Google each album before you even push play. I, dude. I'm surprised you didn't say one more thing. I want my women on the album cover only. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that was good. Or the music video. Yeah. Where's the music video? We're the women. <laughs> Electric Love, track number nine. This dude is out there. This is hard. Chris. What? I skipped this song. Yeah, this one is definitely the the low point of the album. This is experimental, not interesting. Greg can barely stand it. He's so full. Yeah. Oh, 
Greg just likes a straight rock and roll. Okay, you know, there are some things right there, but I have to say, Chris, these guys really did progress that. I'm not lying. They, they didn't surprise me of doing one thing and then coming out with something else years later on. Um, so did they progress on that first album? Did, did we say bluesy on the first album? Yeah, heavy rock bluesy. Are there more blues on the second album? Yeah. Okay, great. Now, this is a different... This is too much. But, like I said, the freedom of these guys' creativity. That's what it is. I can see why it only sold a million. <laughs> Greg, how many albums have you sold? I'm not a singer. <laughs> how about that one? Yeah, I've heard him sing. <laughs> He's not a singer. I'm not a singer. All right, let's go to the next track. This is All Love right. Gone Bad, Love? track 10. Nice. Why don't you tell me what you really think? Uh, no, because I've already skipped a few songs. You're like, I'm already on another album. <laughs> Tommy used to work on the docks. What? Oh, sorry, wrong song. You thought it for a second, huh? Um, the song's okay. It's okay. No, no, you tell me, Chris. What is it? What's going on? I don't mind it, but okay. I'm, but I'm not good. I, I probably would have already gone to another album by now. <laughs> but it's okay. I hear the girls singing. That's right. I might hear some. No, it's not cowbell. All right, ready for the next song. Lord, dude. You're a critic. Usually we just sit here and we say, oh, we love it, we love it, we love it, but. Did you want, should I get another beer? <laughs> yeah, man, it's great. <laughs> it's the best thing I've ever heard. All right, guys. Shreds. Did you notice we never used the word shred on this, on this no. talk of uh, this band? No. I didn't use the word killer either. <laughs> but there is some killer tracks. There are some killer tracks. But just. First two albums. Yeah. Um, Last song. I think I like this one. This is the Scorpions cover, right? No. You always turn Are you sure? Scorpions is Wind of Change. Yeah, they had to change a little bit of lyrics, man. So I get messed up. Gorky Park on this one? No Gorky. Craig is looking at me like, really? I like this one. Okay, sounds good, dude. Killer. It's not killer. I love it. How about that one? I know you have tons of fans out there that love you, that always come to me and tell me how right you are and how I'm always so wrong. I have to defend myself constantly about the Greg following that's out there in the nation. It's growing. <laughs> I love all of you guys. Please come up to me and take picture. We're going to shove it in Chris's face. <laughs> don't, don't beg. Don't beg. Please. Okay, no begging. I like this one. Cool. All right, dude. You think this is a good way to end an album? No, I didn't say that. Got it. Okay. I like my rockers. You know, there was a lot of ballads on this. We have one. Yeah. Um, yeah. One. Um, Heartbreak Station? Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of it. So this was kind of a balladish too. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. 
All right. Um, Any factoids from this album I should know of? I mean, it didn't really do that much. Um, You know what? I I was thinking, Chris, I did see him on this tour cycle. I remember checking him out. I remember who opened. So he's still ballad. Yeah. I think I hear some bongos. (laughs) Some butt bongos from Howard Stern? (laughs) I don't listen to Howard Stern. Um, definitely of the three, the lesser of albums, but it's still okay. Okay. Um, has some strong tracks. Um, more things change. I like shelter me. I like heartbreak Station. I like, um, then it's kind of, uh, up and down more so for you than for me. But, uh, what, 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 what do you think about this album as a whole? You know what? It, these guys definitely did like i said from the beginning a different sound they wanted a different sound they wanted to experiment more use more songs i mean musicians violins keyboards per uh, uh um, percussionist they it's on there and you can hear it i mean you even have background singers to these to these guys songwriting was different i i just didn't think the magic was there for me on this one i I would I'm not pretty sold. much agree with you on everything you just said. I will say this, though. I do like Long Cold Winter the best, which was their second one. I'm um, agreeing with you on Night that. Night Songs, second. Um, but I think Night Songs has got the better opening song. Correct. Um, I think that they definitely need to become... Uh, I wish they would have had better closing tracks on all their albums. Uh, but uh, until the last album, um, they were pretty good in kind of... There weren't so many ups and downs and deviating from what the core sound was of each album. Um, a little bit more on uh, Long Cold Winter, but they didn't really go out of out like crazy to left field on anything. It kind of like we're gonna be do more of a bluesy rock album, so it's gonna be bluesy or rock or bluesy rock. Okay, you know my thoughts on 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 Heartbreak Station was remember what I told you about how I felt that Long Cold Winter was more about being outside in the cold like i said this one there's a lot of that country i'm on the road american feel from um shelter me heartbreak station train uh, uh sick for the cure you know back in in, in cowboy cure dead man's road hey don't go to dead man's road he's down there you know bad for love hey that kids kind of don't yeah. go yeah hey kids don't go to dead man's road to have the good whiskey down there <laughs> That's what I thought on this one. And like I said, their sound really from honky tonk to country to, you know, the, this, uh, they just went a little outside for me I, on this one. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I, I, I do like a few songs, you know, shelter me, heartbreak station. Uh, the more things change. I, I still, can, I still like those dude. I'm not, I'm not saying they're bad about those. I no. just, everything else just was not, I can definitely agree to those and terms. I'm sure I you, for sure. You, you can I you can hear it in my mm-hmm. sound as I talk about it. it. Just wasn't magic was not there for me on this one. Okay, that's fine. I'm not defending them. Uh, I like the first two albums a lot. I thought it was a drop off with Heartbreak Station. There's a couple good tracks on there I like, but it was nothing to you know throw a parade for. I love a good parade. <laughs> I hate parades. <laughs> I know you don't. I, what? I hate parades, dude. I got somewhere to go. Get out of my way. Ooh. Yeah. They should have like a arm that stops the parade so traffic can go through and then lift it back up. The only good part, I mean, can we just agree 
that the only good part, there's two good parts of a parade. The beginning and the end? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's three good parts. Okay. Number one is the bagpipes. Okay. When the, you know, the, 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 the Irish or Scottish guys come down there, they got their <laughs> drums and they got the bagpipes. They're doing their thing. Love it. Second part, it's good. You know, when the, when the, when the police come through and they do that little thing with their motorcycles, you know, they're like weaving in and out Yeah. and secretly you're hoping that one of them hit, you know, they try to create a pile up or something you're like, Oh God, oh, that, oh, oh, damn it. That wasn't it. <laughs> then the third best part is the end. <laughs> That's the third best part. It's when it's over. You are bad, dude. Why? Why are we on parades? End the show. <laughs> All right, guys. That's going to be it. Wait. Oh. That's going to be it for us. Um, it's 11.59. Thank you for bearing with us. Yeah, 11.59. long one. Cinderella's going to turn back into a pumpkin. Uh, uh, give these, at least give the first two albums a listen. Um, if you feel adventurous, make it on to the third. But listen to these albums, guys. Yeah, definitely. Especially those. all you young guys out there, young girls. Um, take a listen. Uh, we think they're great. We'll think you enjoy them. If you don't listen to the third one, that's fine, too. That's all I got to say. Cool. Uh, from uh, Big Talk for Chris and Greg. See ya.